This is Oscar Mike Radio number 135. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubuzu Network. Find out more on hubuzu.com. That is W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O.com. And it's number 135. I was kind of mulling things over, and I realized that I hadn't talked about my military story in a while. And I looked at it, and the last time I did a military story podcast was February 9th, 2018. Wow. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's just a lot of good stuff going on. Lots to talk about. People are uh, reaching out more about being on the podcast, which is very cool. And lots of new things being tried. The live cast picking up. So it, it just kind of fell by the wayside. And literally, I was kind of like, oh, what am I going to do this week? I'm like, you know, I haven't done my military story in a while, so I'm going to do that. Um, before I get to that, uh, just a quick shout-out to Becky Tuff. I tried the Thieves All-Natural Cleaner. I've got a little live video on, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, I'll have a live video on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter talking about the virtues of it, and so far I think it's worth the hassle. So as much as it pains me to say, Windex and Simple Green are going bye-bye. So all good stuff, right? All very, very good stuff. And it's kind of funny looking back at the uh, podcast episode 79. That was back when I was calling them episodes and it was part six. Uh, the question of the week was, did I watch Super Bowl? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with that question. I got asked by, by colleagues mainly, and a lot of them are Patriots fans. They saw the Saints going you know, deep into the playoffs. They were all earlier in the season surprised that I was not watching any football this year. And they wanted to know why. And I'm like, well, it's just a choice I've made. And that wasn't good enough for some people. And that's fine. I didn't mind. The, the reason why I'm, I'm continuing not to watch football is more than just the, um, you know, the, the whole anthem thing. My, my moment really came uh, in two phases. The first was like, wow, I, I, I could not believe the Saints organization endorsed and, and knelt during our national anthem at the London game in England. I, I really had a hard time dealing with that. That was not easy for me to accept in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I really felt like that was a, a real slap in the face to Americans who... You know, maybe maybe they didn't agree with the kneeling, but they didn't want the flag disrespected either. And I thought it was certainly taking our dirty laundry and airing it in a foreign country. I, I really had a problem with that. And, you know, I, I have had several problems with the Saints organizations over the last couple of years. I had problems with the Greg Williams Bounty Gate. I had problems with uh, some of the way the ownership uh, acted uh, towards uh, Ms. LeBlanc, who um, was running the Saints for a while. 
I had problems with the nasty divorce with the Benson family. I, I had a lot of problems. I had a huge problem with the way they treated John Wells, a uh, you know, naval officer who was supposed to be honored and got called out on Twitter. And I'll have links to all these in the blog post. I, I will. But I, I had several problems with the Saints organization to the point where I'm like, you know, I, I just can't get behind this anymore. Especially watching the NFL as a whole where, you know, you, you, you tune up your, your wife or girlfriend. It's not a big deal because you, you know, caught, you know, eight passes for 110 yards. And I just have a problem with that. And one of the things that happened this year because I wasn't watching football so much is I had time to do other things. I had time to spend time with my kids, uh, spend time with friends of mine who necessarily didn't, you know, follow football. And I, I did this weird thing uh, during the fall where if I was tired, I took a nap. Yeah, there's, there's these things called naps. And what you do is in the afternoon, say around, you know, one, two o'clock in the afternoon, if you're just tired from working all week and you're just worn out, you, you can like get your, in, in my case, I got my, my poncho liner out, got my poncho liner out, got a pillow out, laid on the couch and, and closed my eyes for like 45 minutes. It's this weird thing. I woke up from this thing called a nap and was refreshed. I felt great. I'm like, wow, this is this is awesome. So the, the point is I, I had time to do other things when I wasn't watching football, work on the podcast, talk to people, uh, go for a walk, go for a hike, any number of things. I had time to do that, and, and I don't miss it anymore. And as far as being a Saints fan, and, and trust me, I, I, I bled the, the black and gold for, for, for years, a big part of my life. It would take something really substantial to make me change my mind about that organization, especially in light of the Alliance uh, Football League and the XFL coming out. And, you know, I might get attracted to one of those. Uh, right now, I still like LSU. And uh, I like the Argonauts for uh uh, Canadian football. That's an exciting game to watch with none of the uh, you know, molasses uh, pace that the NFL has. It's fast, it's fun, and exciting. So, yeah, the, the same question of the week that happened a year ago was asked again, and the answer is, no, I didn't watch Super Bowl. No, I don't watch football anymore, and, and, and no, I don't really miss it. And, and, and while the numbers certainly showed that the NFL had a slight drop in the Super Bowl, Overall, they had a good year. And, and the brutal truth is this, the Saints organization didn't miss my uh, fandom. They didn't care that I didn't buy any Saints swag this year. They, they didn't care. This is the brutal truth. And, and, you know, why would they? So it, it's not a soapbox I'm trying to get on. It's not saying that I'm better than anybody else. It's just, you know, facts. And the facts are that to a large part, I'm just not into football. I'm, I'm waiting for baseball season to start, and hopefully the Royals get out of the gutter. And, uh, you know, my Blackhawks, uh, it's been a brutal year. So in a roundabout, long-winded way, that's the question of the week and my answer to it, and, and I hope that makes sense. So, so getting back to uh, my military story, this would be part seven. Part six, which I'll have in, in the blog post, uh, talks about my first phase in Marine Corps boot camp in MCRD San Diego. Yes. 
And I'm going to talk about second phase. Uh, I had the pleasure of spending my birthday in boot camp. I, I went to sleep. <laughs> it really didn't mean much. But uh, second phase in San Diego is done a, a little bit different than in Paris Island. It's still the same train program. You still do the same stuff. It's, it's very, very different in the fact that they load us all on buses. They still do this and take you to Camp Pendleton to the, uh, the, the, the range. You get off, you get your temporary squad bay. And the first thing they make you do is, I mean, field day, the absolute mess out of it. Get it squared away and then the games will commence. And people ask me all the time, you know, what's the most stressful part of boot camp? I bet, I bet the DIs yelling at you was stressful. I bet the, I said no. The, the most critical, most important part of boot camp is not. It is, but it's not. It's not passing PFT. It's not passing drill. It's not passing uniform inspection. It's not remembering your general orders. It's not any of that. The most important part of Marine Corps boot camp, in my view, it's my opinion, is passing range. Preferably with a sharpshooter and above. Best thing is to be an expert qualifier. Best thing above that is to be the high score in the entire battalion. Your DEIs will love you if you do that. Sharpshooter, you might get some grief. I got a little bit of grief for not doing expert. Marksmen or shooting a pizza box will get you uh, some dirty, nasty looks, maybe some push-ups. But the one thing you absolutely do not want to do is go onk. And in my platoon, I was in golf company in boot camp. In my platoon, there was a guy who went onk. And onk means you did not shoot a score high enough to qualify in the Marine Corps. And he had to requalify. Well, you have to understand, I'm, I'm talking about range more than anything else, is that whole range time where they get you used to snapping in with the rifle, rifle basics, you know, how your sighting works, sight picture, sight alignment, um, you know, your dope, which is dope stands for data on personal equipment. It's not a drug you take, although the, the instructors got some kind of weird high when they started talking about lands and, and, and so on and so forth and rifling in the barrel, all that stuff. You go through all that. You clean the mess out of your rifle. You clean it some more. You snap in. You take everything is geared to getting you to the range, getting you, you know, practice. You practice for a full, you know, a week and a half, and then you have qual day. The games are still there, but the games are toned down. Everything is set to get you to pass range. So when you don't pass range, <laughs> it is bad. Very, very, very bad in a way I cannot describe. They got the range scores back from the range NCOs because the cool thing was in range, you, you go there and you get turned over to the these these corporals and you know, sergeants who, you know, show you the ropes. It was like six of us per NCO. And I don't know if mine was a corporal. I think we all asked him some questions because he it was a lance corporal. And come to find out, he had uh, misbehaved. And, you know, instead of getting kicked out, he had to put up with some stuff. But he got busted down in rank. He was, 
he was kind of cool. He was kind of chill, didn't really, you know, stress us out too much, but man, he wanted us to shoot good and, you know, mistakes were punished and uh, proper execution was rewarded. These guys would work with you for a week and a half, you know, looking at your, your form, looking at your trigger pull, your breathing, all that stuff that goes into getting a sight on target. And in the Marine Corps, you shoot at the 200-yard line, the 300-yard line, and the 500-yard line. And, and you learn that at the 200-yard line, it's it's easy money. Believe it or not, 200 yards is with M16A2 or M1 Grand or M14 or M4 is easy money all day long. I had no problem doing that, whether it was standing, you know, offhand, you know, sitting which is kind of not sitting, you kind of like kneel on your, your, your rear, your, your, your offhand leg. And then you, you do, you go prone, which is, you know, the most stable shooting position that you can have. And no problem. The 300 yard line wasn't my forte. I, I don't know why, but I never really got that. It wasn't any, you know, more difficult. It, it just it wasn't mine. The 500-yard line wasn't bad. I, I really didn't have a whole lot of problems with that. But the 300-yard line killed me every time. And in fact, it, it, it was my, my kryptonite throughout the entire time I was in the Marine Corps and went to qualify in the range. So these guys are working with you. They're correcting you. They're you know making sure you're paying attention. Um, you'd see guys doing some rifle PT if they weren't uh, practicing good muzzle awareness, which... Uh, when you understand you have, you know, a couple hundred individuals who are, you know, in, in the kind of mental state they're in, you want to enforce these kinds of things so we don't have accidents. So I'm, I'm, I wasn't against that. And trust me, if uh, your kid is going to boot camp, you don't want uh, any kind of uh, lax discipline either. They expect you to perform at a certain level. That's it. And this guy did not. This guy did not. When we got all the tallies back from the uh, range, uh, they line us up, and you got your official numbers. I got sharpshooter. Okay. And they did this where they got this guy last. He was the last one called out. And they asked him, well, what do you think you got on the range? And he kind of knew that he had, um, he had not done well. He kind of knew that, right? And once he... Um, <laughs> Once, once that went down, it was a bad, bad scene. They call it the quarter deck for a reason. It's the, the place of learning. They do all kinds of crazy, messed up things there. But I think we got back from range after noon chow around, um, oh, I didn't have a watch on, so I don't know. So it was after noon chow. And they literally, from about, let's just say, 2 o'clock to about 4 o'clock, smoked this guy. And... Every drill instructor, I had four of them, the senior and the three juniors, and each one of the juniors took a turn working this guy over. And the next morning, the senior came on deck, and he worked him over. And the remainder of the second phase, this guy got absolutely hammered every day. Now, he qualified on the second time. If you don't qualify on the second time, you get dropped, which sucks, but the fact that he didn't do it the first time, and all of us did, and there was like, I don't know, 50 of us at the time when we got the second phase, just absolutely made these guys see red. The drill instructors were not happy. I mean, they were not happy. So like I said, look, 
of all the things you can do, of all the mistakes you can make in boot camp, of all the stupid stuff you can do, and you know the times where you're just not on it, I would say unking on the range and falling asleep on your post are the two worst things with range being the most heinous crime you can commit. So that, that was range. Second phase is also where a lot of us, you know, I, I, I was diet private. I went to boot camp weighing about 209 pounds. Uh, you know, I weighed that from weightlifting and all that stuff and was trying to get down to about uh, 190. And second phase, that, that, that four and a half weeks is where I, I lost all any extra weight I had was taken off. And it's very simple. They simply give you fewer calories um, than you expend. So it's estimated that the average, uh, you know, recruit in Marine Corps boot camp is expending between ten and fifteen thousand calories of energy a day, and they're giving you about maybe six to seven thousand, maybe, probably a lot less. And I say six to seven thousand. You might be wondering why that is. It's because they give you some MREs. You're eating you know, an MRE every other day to kind of get used to MREs plus your chow. So MREs alone have about 3,000 calories in them. They're designed to uh, be eaten once a day and give you enough energy to go through the day. So if you have one of those, um, in addition to your normal chow, you're, you're consuming, you know, a good four to 6,000 calories a day. But still, if you're, if you're you know, from, from 0, 05 to, to 2200, expending energy, you're still operating on a deficit and, and it sucked. It absolutely sucked the entire time. But, uh, I think I weighed, um, like 199 when I got to second phase and left second phase weighing 180. That was in four weeks. Not what I'd recommend for everybody, but that's just the way it was. So, you know, second phase again was a lot of, you know, Humping, you know, forced marches, more humping, night maneuvers. We got to shoot the the the, the 50 cal, the 240 golf, the Mark 19, the AT4, our M16. Um, more humping, more night ops, sleeping outside, and like I mentioned earlier, what happened to me was I, I, I turned, uh, you know, got my birthday in boot camp, and there was no special anything for you. It's just like okay, Partington, you're you know, you're a year older. How do you feel? Well, I feel great, sir. Yeah, right. Push. <laughs> I had to do push-ups to equal my age. That was great. Lots of good fun. And then I collapsed in my rack. I collapsed in my rack and went to sleep. For the 4th of July, uh, that was like a week before my birthday. No, like two weeks before my birthday or something like that. I don't know. They were having fireworks at the base and we could stay up and watch them or we'd go to sleep. A lot of us chose sleep. I still feel that was the best choice because uh, they started lighting the fire up works off at uh, 7.30 at night. I was already asleep. I didn't even hear them go off. That's how tired I was. So all that being said, gas chamber. Second phase had the gas chamber in it, which uh, also sucked. I didn't like that. Second phase was the most fun I had in boot camp. When I say the most fun... They had us do crazy things like run down to the Pacific Ocean and run in it and run back, which is a good five-mile run. But, um, you know, I don't, that water's cold, man. 
you think of the Pacific Ocean as being warm and, you know, sunny skies and California beaches, the water was freaking cold. That sucked. But still, you know, after getting thrashed for, you know, three weeks straight, it was nice, you know, going on a nice big motor run down there and getting in the water, getting wet and running back. And, of course, by the time you got back, you're completely dry. So, hey, just all part of the game. You know, I, I felt a real sense of accomplishment when I did qualify on range. You know, 500 yards, if you imagine five football fields stacked one right after the other, that's a long distance. So it's about it's about a quarter of a mile. Not a quarter of a mile. Like, well, a mile is 1,760 yards, and 500 yards is, well, okay, a third, give or take a couple yards. It's a long way. When you're sitting there 500 yards away and looking at a target the size of a, of a, of a basketball, that's a long way to make a bullet go from point A to point B. But I felt a real sense of accomplishment um, doing it. And there were some really good times doing it. And it, it, it was hard, but it, it wasn't that bad. I certainly enjoyed second phase more than I did first phase. And I'll talk about third phase in the next story. I'll try to do these more often. So that's kind of uh, me digging back into the old uh, hard drive to figure out, you know, what people may be interested in for my military story. I didn't have one of those Chessie Puller type careers, but I did serve and this is how it all got started. Going to end with a track from Muggsy Brady in Australia. Love his stuff, even though I'm not a rap fan. I do like his message of positivity and empowerment and, uh, and just being true to yourself. So enjoy that track. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up next week, so you know what that means. I'll be doing the Jody series again. Oh, yeah. So I'm Travis. This is Oscar Mike Radio. It's, it's a pleasure to be out there. It's a pleasure uh, to have you all on. Appreciate everybody who uh, listens and supports me. Hit that like button, subscribe. I'm everywhere. And most importantly of all, I'm on the move. <laughs> Disrespectful, can't see we're working hard, it's a mental All around the clock, it's never endful You can't do the same, so don't step to Us in a crew, step one, step two We wanted this from the start, so we're coming through In your street, bringing that hardcore beat Making that movement from under your feet From always something new, hate is what you're gonna do You're gonna look stupid on what you tried to prove Because we're pumped in on your block Sending out, hear my message when we're ready to drop Yeah! You can't stop us, nah, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, bro, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, we're unstoppable It's our mission and we're ready to rock, yeah You can't stop us, nah, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, bro, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, we're unstoppable Forward momentum and we ain't gonna stop Cause I find me an addict Cause that forward momentum, I gotta have it Have at it, 
Not half as good as the next man Ten times bro, gotta grab it By the scruff of the neck, ring it out End up as a wreck, work it out Gotta keep it in check, sing it out That's the name of the game, that's what life's about To reflect with the best of them That's what you like to call life's tests, I guess When you cry, when you're pressed, I said That's what I like to call life's tests, you mesh Ha, ah, what a sesh But if you still see rain, then you need to digest What I put in your brain's like a pill It'll make you insane, I'm the Shaquille What puts you here? Who do you think you are? You're the highest man here? Well that's a start Look around, take it in, we take it all Now sit back, watch begin You can't stop us, no, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, bro, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, we're unstoppable It's our mission and we're ready to rock, yeah You can't stop us, no, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, bro, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, we're unstoppable Forward momentum and we ain't gonna stop Run this town like Jay-Z and Kanye Me and Pablo doing it the LZ way The temptation with fire in our eyes Getting closer to that one true prize From the honesty of a hip-hop prodigy I keep telling myself nothing's gonna stop me For that dream to make it come true That's why we speak the truth in the booth Yeah, we spit truth, call us the criers We sing loudly, so call us the choir Me and Muggsy, born in the fire No pad and pen, yeah, that's all we require In the booth, to spit truth And the crowd to rock, raise your hands to the roof You can't stop us now, so turn up the track Let's hear it loud, yeah You can't stop us now, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, bro, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, we're unstoppable It's our mission and we're ready to rock, yeah You can't stop us, no, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, bro, we're unstoppable You can't stop us, we're unstoppable Forward momentum and we ain't gonna stop